You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex happens in the marriage bed. Here's your host, Dr. Corey Allen. Welcome to another episode of Sexy Marriage Radio, coming to you live from the 2018 Sexy Marriage Radio Getaway. Say hello, everybody. Once again, joined by my lovely wife, Pam. Hey, everybody. And so where we are having straightforward, honest conversations about married life and sex and having a fantastic getaway. Oh, man, it's been so good. I know you're probably getting pretty tired. I'm but, tired um, and losing my voice. It's been a really good weekend. Yes, but this has been great. I've been going through some deep, dark areas, but also some fun, uh, enlightening areas. And if you missed it, uh, maybe next year. Yeah, come join us again. We'll be we'll be here next year. But even if that, even if not, you can still be a part of the Sexy Marriage Nation by just listening to us, because that's what helps us create what we've created thus far. And we also love hearing from the Sexy Marriage Nation because that helps us frame conversations. Like where we're going to head today is a direct email that came in feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. Yeah. You can also call us 214-702-9565. Leave us a voicemail, and that might make it on the air as too. Um, the other thing we ask is if you like what we've got going on, if you jump on iTunes and rate or review the show, leave comments. Yeah, yeah. Leave a five-star review out there for us. That helps us climb the category yeah. in the sexuality section of iTunes mm -hmm. and get the word out that married sex is the hotbed for sex. So this leads us to an email that came in not too long ago. So yeah, it came in here in the last couple of weeks. Um, um, a man, a father... Uh, emailing in, talk, trying to find out um, how to best talk to his kids about intimacy. Now, he's got older kids, one still in high school, um, three adult kids. And he, he looks back on, on life and what he was taught. And he was, his parents wanted to fill his, what I call his sponge, fill his brain with um, understanding about okay. sex and relationships when he was younger. Okay. He, he said, I, I learned how to create children. I was taught <laughs> that sex was something wonderful. Okay. I was taught to control myself and save that for marriage. But I wasn't taught about intimacy. Okay. And well, that's that's great. Because what that really is, and he's he's got the foundation that's different than a lot of times where we get that sex is evil, sex is bad. Save it for someone you marry. Right, right, <laughs> right, right. Because right, you want to share that together. <laughs> exactly. So he at least has the foundation of hey, there's some good things in this that it can be blessed and beneficial, and you can look forward to. And then he's passed that on. Right, right. And he just wants to take it that next step further because he, he, he doesn't, he would like to, he knows you can't, there's a lot of things you got to learn on your own along the way, but as much as he can impart to his kids about intimacy uh, to help them be farther along in the journey, he, he would like to do that. Okay. Right. So he has some specific things that he's, uh, he's got questions on, but. I guess I want to start off because he's farther along than you just commented than a lot of people are. <laughs> right. In that a lot of people don't even talk to their kids about sex. Right. Right. And um, we had we had someone um, comment today about, you know, when my kids ask me a question, I have to just keep telling myself, 
okay, don't look surprised, don't look freaked out. Don't look surprised, <laughs> don't look freaked out. Breathe through this. Okay? Right. So let's, we'll get to the, I think we get to the intimacy piece a little bit later, but let's start off with kind of when do you, when do you start okay, talking so to let's, kids let's just do, about the basics that get it? This guy already learned about. Let's talk about his journey because I like you made the comment of um, a kid's brain, all, all of our brains, but in this context, the child's brain is a sponge, and it will soak up a lot of things. And so we have to be as parents realizing, at least this has been our track track with our children. Absolutely, I want my kid's sponge filled up with so much of the information that comes from me that the world's information has less room to try to get in. Right. Hopefully it just kind of overflows and can't. Right. So that they get the data from us because that's the where I think most children want to hear it. Uh, There's actually a guy I met at a conference um, just this past year that did a study of children or these were uh, college kids and he asked them for over several years of all the different freshmen coming into his college, where did you learn most about sex? And the answers came back as um, either friends, internet, or parents. And it was in that order. Okay. And then he followed up and asked that question, where did they want to learn about sex? And it was parents, friends, internet, in that order. Yeah. They wanted to hear from mom and dad. Yeah. But they didn't. And so they hear it from friends. And we all know our friends are such good sources of information. (laughs) Right. Quality information. And then, of course, when you add to it the Internet, that's such a great source of information (laughs) because nothing on the Internet will freak you out, right? Nothing at all. Right. And all of that data is accurate. Right. No. Okay. Maybe not. So it is one of those things that I believe, and this is something we've talked about on Sexy Marriage Radio quite a bit. If you go through the archives, uh, you'll see see some shows on this specifically. But we believe it's uh, talking to your kids and educating them about sex starts at birth. Yeah, and and that's with, you know, when they're learning language, when right. they're learning anything, it's using the right terms right. It's with just them. Appropriate terminology. Appropriate terminology so that it, it kind of takes away, I think, some of the embarrassment later when you try and come up with language right. for body parts. Right, and Call that's a the penis idea. A penis, of, that's a, what yeah. it is. A penis is a penis, and a vagina is a vagina. Even though medically speaking, it's called the vulva. It's not the vagina, but for a child, vagina they kind of understand a little easier than vulva. It's kind of hard to say, maybe. Yeah. But and they've said that with some of their friends. They might be what? Yeah. I've never heard that because I've even had that among an audience of adults when I've written that up there and said vulva on the board. They were like, "What is What's that?" that? <laughs> right, because it, it's not something that we use as a term very often. But it's not. A PP or a TT or a down there or private parts or whatever. It's has a name. And so starting there matters. Then I believe, and these are two resources we've used. Um, one is called Where Did I Come From? And we can put this in the show notes, the, a link to it. It's a book that um, is anatomically correct drawings that kind of walk you through where does a baby come from? And it shows you the difference between men and women, and it's all named right, and it goes into straightforward detail about intercourse. And so one of the easiest things to do is walk through that book with your kids, not that you read every single word when they're two, but you can go through and talk about pictures and points and aspects of it, and then each time, each iteration through that process, you get a little deeper and more involved. Because I believe the time to have the talk 
that I think all of us have probably wondered when, you know, maybe we're still waiting for our parents to have that with us. Right. Those of you guys that are here in the no audience kidding. at the getaway, that those of us that the time to have the talk, we set it at our, at our kids' eighth birthdays. Because when they turned eight is around the time, give or take, according to the maturity of your child, to have a little more in-depth, okay, let's talk about what sex really is. Let's talk about how babies are really formed. Sure. Well, and at that point, we had already gone through right. the where did I come from, but it's more the meaning behind it. Right, and that because the reason is a developmental aspect, because a child's brain around seven, eight, or nine and younger is all concrete. Their brain is just concrete. It's yes and no. It's right or wrong. It's facts kind of thing. They don't understand the abstract, and it's somewhere around seven, eight, nine that the child's brain starts to shift and it becomes more abstract and it understands concepts differently. And that's where they can start to understand this on a different level. So then you go through that and then after, from that point forward, and my belief on sex education is this is conversations, not a conversation, one. And then the other is you use teachable moments. You're listening to music with your children and our kids are in the back seat singing Body Like a Back Road driving with my eyes right. closed, going nowhere fast, 50 and a third, you know, all that kind of thing. And I'm like, do you, hold on, pause. What do you think he's talking about here? Driving, right? Nah, let's go a little deeper, right? And those are moments that you kind of answer that. Then you hit play again and they keep singing the song. And it's that or watching a movie or right. whatever the case may be when things come up that seem to be new. What Family Feud. Holy cow. We were watching Family Feud with the kids. And the topics were all the new Family Feud that's out. 50% of the topics are all sexual. Holy cow. I had to explain. That's when my first kids ask what a vibrator is. I'm like, come on. God, Family Feud. Right. But so those, but whenever the, those yeah, conversations come up. We use teachable moments from that point forward, as well as uh, intentional conversations along the way, because I think part of sex education, and this is where we can spin it towards intimacy, part of sex education as parents to our children is also understanding how the world has skewed sex. And how do we walk alongside children with information and technology? How do we protect them from porn and all the destructiveness that can be there and just the online things that can happen and all, you know, how do we just educate kids to uh, use well, technology, not be used by it? Okay, so that the technology piece is a good point that would come alongside it. I think the bigger piece to me, I just think of how technology can destroy mm -hmm intimacy and, and hurt you down the road. I think I'd want to, before I get to how bad things could be, I'd want to talk about how good things can be. Right. And yeah. So that it's not, so that the, the intimacy conversation isn't like what you um, referred to at the beginning where we're taught that sex is bad, bad, bad. Right. So some specific things that the gentleman who emailed was yeah. asking about, he's like, I, you know, I, I want to explain to my son how a woman works. Well, okay, that that might take a lifetime, but <laughs> that's, that's on the job training that we've never do mastered. That's on the job master. training, but <laughs> but learning what's you know what's your experience? I mean, there's been a lot more that I'm I'm guessing that men and women both at the getaway here have learned about how they can 
how that interaction, how intimacy works um, with their spouse and learning more about the man, learning more about the woman mm -hmm. and the on mind the, and the how dynamics. the mind works. Because this, when we're talking about intimacy, we're not just talking about, we're not talking about sex specifically. This is... no. I mean, you got learning more about the other side, right? You've heard of, I'm assuming, um, and maybe sex imagination hasn't heard of this to some of the people out there that intimacy, uh, look at the definition is in the word into me, see mm -hmm. that I'm, you're seeing me. And that's where I think you start with how do I teach intimacy to my children is you help reinforce them. Yeah. So that they start to recognize their uniqueness, their specialness, their power, and how I can use my, my superpowers for good or bad as I grow, yes. as I evolve, as I mature. Because even, I mean, what comes to my mind, and this may seem totally counter to the topic of intimacy, but we've had friends that have lived all over the world. And one of the things that I've recognized uh, in their journey is that a lot of times um, whenever they were moving from one destination to another and they had their daughter who had to leave a best friend and they would start fighting because they didn't know how to handle goodbye. They didn't know how to handle transitions. That's a chance to teach intimacy of saying, look, I understand these feelings. I understand how they feel and they're bad and they hurt and struggle but you can either handle these in a good way and own and grasp this and try to have good things from it, even though there's going to be hurt, or you can be destructive because it helps you feel better in the moment. And a kid's not always going to grasp that, but I can at least try to teach it and present it, and maybe it draws them forward. And so later in the next iteration of that, it kind of like, oh, hold on. I could have done this, you know, because then we learn from experience. Because some of what he's asking how do I teach my children intimacy? First and foremost, to my mind, and tell me if I'm by nod of heads, tell me if I'm off base. If I want to teach my children intimacy, I have to model intimacy. I have to live intimacy. That's how it starts. I show my kids me, which means if I make a mistake, I own it. If I'm hurt, I show it. I don't put on super dad costume and act like I'm impervious to everything. I think you're spot on with that. Um, my my thought um, where I was going with it was working with them through struggles with friends through because those struggles come up, right? Absolutely. And, and so the conversations, one of the things you brought up um, this weekend was um, – how male and female are a little different on how they might deal with the struggle with a friend. Uh, and the girls are more feeling, right? Yep. And so the conversation that I, I know I have with Sydney, when something like that comes up, it's, well, how do you think your girlfriend feels when you treat her that way? Right. Or how are you feeling when she treats right. you that way? To, to, to try and understand and and empathize with the other side mm -hmm. and understand where they may be coming from and teaching. So as the kids grow up, just teaching relationship that doesn't have to be about who you're going to marry down the road. It's understanding other people in the world, right? That that's intimacy. You're treating someone from the best in you 
whether it's someone you run into at Taco Bell or it's your best friend, right? You're you're coming from the best in you, and if you can understand that concept as you're getting into a relationship, that's where the intimacy starts. Yes, because I think that's using the teachable moments in this arena. Okay. That you're applying aspects as you see them unfold in your child's life. And I think as parents, our charge is to be walking alongside them closely enough that I recognize these teachable moments, but I also allow them for them. I mean, how often do we do this for as parents? Do we, we see pain coming and we start trying to shield our kids from it? That would be hello yeah. helicopter parenting and even the newer one called snowplow parenting. Yeah, where getting you're, everything you're removing out of the obstacles way. for children so they don't have to struggle. But the struggle is actually beneficial for them to grow and mature. And so how do I walk alongside my kids knowing there's going to be hurt and frustration and pain that comes along, but I walk alongside them with them. This is where Sydney, and even Will to a lesser extent, has our children have loved um, how I started early on just by chance. The chair in our bedroom becomes the chair to be able to just vent with me. It's right. because Sydney yeah. knows I'm a therapist and she talks about it and you know the way she comes about it. And I'm like, would you like to sit in the chair? Yes, I would. And so she knows she can just sit there and just start talking and I'm just going to listen and I'm not going to be dad necessarily. I'm not her therapist. And let's be very clear. Right. But I just want to leave. I want to hear her because I want to experience her. So a teachable moment for that would be, you know what, honey, that's a definition of intimacy right there. You're telling me your hurts and your pain and your frustration. I'm trying to join you and hear and experience you now as your parent here's what we need to do or here's what we're thinking to do or what do you think we should do about this and we kind of collaborate so she figures out has a voice on what she's wanting to do but to me intimacy is not necessarily taught more than it is experienced yeah I guess with anything in life you can use words to tell how you think something could be done especially with a in a parent-child situation mm -hmm. but what what your kids are going to hear more loudly is what you do. Absolutely. Certainly. Well, that's that concept we've taught. And you guys are welcome to use this if you've got daughters. I've tried to teach Sydney uh, as boys have entered her world. Um, don't believe a thing a boy says to you. Watch what he does. That will show you who he is. You, you're good at that, at asking how does he treat other people? What kind of words does he use? How does he handle classmates, friends, parents, that kind of stuff? Because that tells you who we are, because we cannot hide who we are and how we act. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's funny that one of the um, one of the points that this emailer had made is that he wants his daughters to understand that men think about more than just sex. Because mm -hmm. there's so much out there that just says, ah, that's, that's all they think about. That's, that's all they all think is. about. And you do want, you don't want your your child to go out there ignorant and think that that's never on their mind. Um, so you want them to at least have some street smarts, but, right. but also don't, don't think that that's the only thing that a male can think about just because that may be what a mov the movies portray. Or it's what they've believed or what their experience was or, right. you know, because as things evolve, it's just, I guess it's how do, we, how do we try to impart to our children and the next generation 
a better view, a more realistic view, that it's not all rosy, but it's also not all bad. Because how often do we, okay, so let me ask you this, as we kind of dovetail and finish this thing maybe. Okay. How often do we approach sexuality and then for sure intimacy based out of fear? I'm thinking on that one. I know. I can see the wheel spinning. I, I can't answer that one. I think, I think we do a lot as people. I think our default on this, and maybe it's because we were taught the, spoken, the unspoken or the spoken, sex is bad, sex is bad, sex is bad, save it for whoever it is you marry, that, okay, that's a fear-based thing. That's a, I'm uncomfortable talking about this, so I don't want to. And that's fear because it's uncomfortable. So I think a lot of times intimacy is going to make us feel uncomfortable. And talking about that with our children is going to be making us uncomfortable. When the Wheel of, when the Wheel of Fortune, Wheel of Fortune, that's a wholesome show more compared to um, Family, Family Feud. Feud. When you had to pause the TV, hey, Mom, what's that? What are they talking about? I'm guessing you weren't like, oh, I've been waiting for you guys to ask that question. because oh, I've got goodness. it Right. There's a fear of like, oh, do I really have to talk about this? And it's maybe not fear like I'm scared. But it's an anxious spike of, ooh, this is not comfortable. This is not warm and fuzzy. Well, it wasn't warm and fuzzy. I can't say that I was fearful of that one. It was more like, really? They're saying that? <laughs> okay. But I, but I still think it's the concept of we get into a lot of situations where I'm kind of afraid. What if I say the wrong thing? What if I don't answer it? What if I give them too much information? What, you know, and we get into these all this kind of stuff where... Yeah. There, it is kind of leaning more towards the fear side rather than seeing it as how do I um, confront this, soothe myself, and walk alongside. Handle, not let my fear rule this. Because that's where, I don't know what your experience like was with your parents, but when the subject of sex comes up for some of us, and the parents might be willing to talk about it, but you read them as, I am not at all comfortable talking about this. The unspoken message to that is, don't bring it to me. I'm not comfortable. Right. I don't want to talk about this. Right. If a parent would say, you know what, because of my experience with this, this is an uncomfortable subject, but I want to be a part of this with you, and I want to help with this, and I want to change my path for you and for me at the same time, that's a different way of taking it rather than, oh, this is really uncomfortable. Do we have to talk about it now? Yeah, or go talk to your father about that. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it is just that concept of, I think, if we can look at it as how do we um, confront the moments as they come up, realizing these are great opportunities to impart intimacy and show it and reveal it. Because you can't necessarily teach it as much as you do live it yeah yeah one of the things he talked about in here is wanting to teach his son how to pursue what how can you be a good pursuer that living it (laughs) right dad living it and modeling that with mom that's the biggest way to pursue that's a more global thing of how do you pursue life how do you pursue vibrancy and joy and adventure i mean that's because that's that whole, man, there's more than just how do you pursue a wife or how does a wife pursue a husband? It's, it's the whole thing. Mm. How do we experience all that life has to offer? I think that's where we land. 
with this? How do we see life is a story worth living? Right? That it's yeah. that it can be a grand adventure. This is where I love Donald yeah. Miller's work with a million miles in a thousand years. Love that book. That he talks about there's three aspects that make a good story. One is it's a character that you like mm-hmm. and you love and you have you, you want to you root for. The character has to want something. And then there has to be resolution to that conflict. And that's not death. You know, he makes the comment and the joke of like, if you went to a movie and the main character's goal was to get a Volvo, and at the end of the movie and he's driving off the lot with a brand new Volvo, you're probably not moved to tears. No, there's no conflict right. there. But it's realizing how do we create better stories of our own life? And that means I create a character I would like, which is me, and I want things, and I live things that are beyond my family, and the, but the, it incorporates everything. That's the great adventure. Well, this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. Sorry, I didn't have anything to say there. I'm just thinking about that book and how great it is <laughs> and how I want to build this bigger That's adventure. It. The, the inspiration of, of living a life that is worth wanting to or worthy of a movie, right? And so we teach our kids how to live a full life. Yeah. And that just creates so much passion. Okay, but let me ask you this then as we kind of wrap this up. How do you teach kids a full life? best live it exactly you take them on it and invite them to it i i believe the same dynamic happens with marriage how do i live a better marriage well so you the hold on there it was asking them to join you i can watch someone in in a movie all day long i can even watch my parents live a full life but if they don't ask me to come join them on it right then I'm going to feel left out and in the no, cold. No, absolutely. you got so to invite them to it. You're right. Sure. It's that key of inviting them to join you. And I think we need to do that as spouses, too. Certainly. That I'm, I'm living a good life, and I'm inviting my spouse to join me. Yeah. That's what Sexy Marriage Radio is all about. Yep. Well, this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. So we left something undone. Feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. So thank you for taking some time out of your day. And those of you guys that hung out with us after a pretty – long morning. Thank you for joining us again. Thank you. We'll see you next time.